0: Hartsville, Hartsville, the happening town where art abounds. Hartsville, Hartsville, from Asheville town where art abounds. Hartsville, Hartsville, feeling mountain high and inspiring North Carolina. That's where you'll find us, amazing artists and designers. Greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to Artsville, the podcast where we tell you how Asheville became Artsville. I'm your host, Sourdough, a.k.a. Scott Power, with my partner and co-host in crime here, the one and only Louise Glickman. Hey, Louise.
1: Hey, Scott. How you doing?
0: I'm doing great. We're back in the saddle with another great episode.
1: Well, I'm really excited about this one because I'm very involved in it myself.
0: Well, you've got Bliss coming up and I tell you what, I'm surprised you're still vertical cuz you must be exhausted.
1: Well, we are working so hard, but I'm we are interviewing two wonderful artists that are going to be involved in this event which takes place May 6th at Biltmore Lake, but the thing that's interesting about it is it's an art tour on steroids because we've got all these other happenings here in our community. But ultimately, this is a catalyst to bring more cultural programming and economic development to the semi-rural area we live in.
0: So in other words, you're doing God's work, Louise. That's, (laughs) I think so.
1: Well, I tell you what, it's really exciting because this is kind of where my career started. And here I am at this stage of my life, doing it all over again.
0: Things go in cycles, don't they?
1: Well, there's a big difference between doing it in New Orleans and doing it in Candler, North Carolina.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, you know what? Candler's lucky to have you, and you're the driving force behind this wonderful event to bring culture to Chandler, and it's going to be a fantastic event. And today's guest... Molly and B, the one and only mother-daughter dynamic duo are going to be showing at Bliss as well.
1: Well, they are two very remarkable people and the relationship, this mother-daughter relationship is very special. This interview provides opportunity to see where creativity comes from because B was a teacher, an art teacher, adopted Molly Molly's mother, birth mother, wanted her to be in the home of an artist, and that is how that adoption happened. And from the earliest time, Molly has been involved in art, first with B, then they owned an incredible floral company together, and now both painting side by side in the River Arts District of Asheville. So this begins a whole long discussion about nature versus nurture.
0: Ah, yes. And their styles are so different too. Like that's such a cool
1: thing to see. Well, it's, (laughs) it's really pretty funny actually, but I have a feeling that having grown up in that family that Molly's, which is work, which is more spiritual and in some cases even biblically based and bees, which is animals from the farm next door to the property she grew up on, very different subject matter, very different styles, and yet very much a part, I think, of their lives together during Molly's growing up period.
0: Right, right. Well, i tell you what. As an adoptive parent myself, the story resonates in many ways, and you know, of course, with Molly and B, we we know how the movie ends. My kids are under ten, so I have no idea how my movie ends. Like I'm in it, <laughs> you know, deep, but we can see that B has done such an amazing job uh, raising Molly, and the bond that they have, the love that they have, the vibe, energy, the positive dynamic that they have is. Inspirational and aspirational. I hope to have that with my kids when we all grow up.
1: Well, before we get started, I would like to invite our listeners to go to Biltmore, B I L T M O R E, Lake Artists with an S dot com. And under featured artists, they can see B and Molly's work. So they can have a full understanding of what we're talking about here.
0: Great. Well, that's a great call to action. People definitely go check out. You know, there's a lot of great information there. It's Molly Corsell and B Cyberg, the mother-daughter dynamic team, and uh, we're just so grateful to have them here on the podcast. Should we get into this interview, Louise? Let's do it. Let's do it. Here we go, people. Molly and B. Molly and B, welcome back to Artsville.
2: Thank, Thank you. you. Nice to talk with you.
0: Again, this is take two for us. We had technical difficulties with our first episode, and here we are again with a redux. You know, I consider the first one more of a as a dress rehearsal. This is the main event here.
2: Okay. That sounds good. <laughs> we were nervous the first time. We feel more relaxed this time. Maybe we'll give a better interview.
0: <laughs> well, you guys were fantastic, and that's what's so sad, right? When you have technical difficulties... And the files end up corrupted because you can't use them. And that magic that we had on that first conversation was wonderful, right? And it's sort of gone. But we're going to recreate the magic here today. We are just so grateful to be back together. And, of course, we're here to do a few things, right? We're here to obviously honor the amazing dynamic that you guys have as not just mother daughter, but as artists, because you're, you're both artists. Molly, uh, you're adopted, which has this incredible backstory about your, your mother, your biological mother requesting that you be given to an artist family. B, you as a, as a teacher, as an instructor, as a practicing artist. My goodness. I think you have, you deserve a gold medal there. B, what do you think?
3: Molly is the gold medal that I got. Thank goodness. <laughs> She's fabulous. I'm so fortunate. So fortunate.
2: We both feel very thankful and blessed to be together for sure. So
0: well, it's amazing what love and faith will do and a common passion for art and culture and how that how those things bring people together. And you both have such a, an amazing arts practice and studio practice. And yet your art being from the same family. Your art is so different. Mm-hmm. And, and I just love that. And in fact, you know, stereotypically, people might guess that Molly is the young, crazy artist and, and B is the <laughs> conservative, refined, very tidy, organized artist. When in fact, it's the <laughs> exact opposite. Mom's the crazy one. Uh,
3: sure. <laughs> I, so I am definitely the crazy one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
2: she's our free spirit out of the two of us for sure.
3: Yeah. Well, both
0: of your, I mean, your art is, you know, so different. It obviously reflects who you are as people. You know, Molly, what I love about your work is that there's such a spiritual quality to it in many ways. It's an energy force, it's a vibe from what I can tell. And I just love it. it. It's so positive. It just exudes okay. this positive energy. Well, both of your works exude positive energy, but then B, your work—I mean, with landscape, with with animals, with cows, with color.
3: <laughs> well, thank you. We love painting next to each other, and like Molly said, I'm the wild one. My studio is very, very messy. Her studio is ex- really, really clean and tidy, with flowers in front of the big paintings that she does. That she has done that is perfectly matched. So we are. It's very different.
2: <laughs> well, and it's kind of reflective of our personalities. My mother has a lot of enthusiasm for life and she's an excited, energetic person. And so her paintings end up having a lot of expressive mark and energy and excitement in them. And then I'm just a quieter, more introspective, deeper thinking kind of person. And so my paintings tend to reflect, you know, a more. The, the contemplative type of mood to it. So we're different people. So we have different art.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> and that's what's so
2: cool. I think the whole idea of this bliss with the open studios in the homes of Biltmore Lake, that's so fun to see everybody's different styles. So we have True. joining studios in the River Arts District and the Wedge Studios. And it's People do walk through and say, you know, we like so many of these artists and they're all so different. And I'm excited for that opportunity for people in our neighborhood. It's just Me a too. wonderful a wonderful um, opportunity for people to see art in a new way.
0: That is one of the exciting reasons that we're coming together here today as well to talk about Bliss and celebrate Bliss. It's coming up, just so our audience knows, front and center. The date for Bliss is...
2: May 6th.
0: May 6th. This is
2: Saturday. Yeah. Yes.
0: Let's discuss the nuts and bolts. So, for people who want to go to Bliss, how do they learn? Is there a website?
2: There is a website. Bliss will be, it's the Biltmore Lake Imaginative Studio Stroll, and it's in Candler, North Carolina. So, in the community of Biltmore Lake. And we have a clubhouse down at the lake. And that's where people will register and get a armband and a map. So I believe there are 13, 14 homes, but there are multiple artists per house. And you will drive to several locations. They've made the map easy to read and they've made it flow so that you can start and continue on through the map. That makes sense. But it's exciting. There's ceramic artists and painters and jewelers, fiber artists, mixed media. So it's really exciting.
0: It's going to be great A lot and of
2: talent the- in, our, in our neighborhood, but also invited guests in as well. So that's kind of exciting.
0: Just to repeat for the listeners so they know it, the website, BiltmoreLakeArtist.com, Biltmore, B-I-L-T-M-O-R-E-L-A-K-E, artist.com, BiltmoreLakeArtist.com. B, you were going to say something?
3: Yeah, I just think it's a a great idea, and I think it's such a lovely community out there. It's beautiful to not only to go to the different homes and see the art and the guest art. The whole area is beautiful. The just the experience will be fun. The experience is fun, and to talk to the artists, and we love talking to folks. So it's. It's very exciting, and I think it will be a, a great, great time. I'm thrilled to be a part of it.
0: Well, it's it's such an inclusive program, isn't it? I mean, you know, I feel like sometimes in art world, it's hard to really connect as humans, right? Because maybe we go to a show, and maybe it's in a white cube gallery, or maybe the artist is busy, or maybe the artist isn't there, let alone be able to go into the artist's studio or home. And art is, you know, like politics. I say politics; all politics are local. And I, I say, like, so much of art is local, right? There's so many uh, amazing artists in our backyard, yes. uh, certainly in Asheville, right there. Uh, not just in the backyard, in the front yard, on other sides, on both sides of the house. I mean, artists are everywhere in and around Western North Carolina.
3: Yes,
0: it this does. is such a great way of of connecting on a human level, of not just people meeting the artists, but going into the homes and seeing the studios and how the the artists are living and working. I I think that's just such a beautiful touch. I do too.
2: I'll tell you, when I was an art student, I remember going, I moved to Boston right after school, and I used to go to the open studios in the Back Bay area. And that was such a dream of mine thinking, oh, one day I wonder if I will be an artist and open my studio. (laughs) So it's really fun that I'm being able to live the dream and then it's really fun to think, I love seeing people's homes. It's an expression yeah, of who they are. Cool. That's so personal. And I anyway, agree. so this is going to be fun on a lot of levels.
0: Well, and there's going to be a lot of homes and a lot of artists, 25 artists in seven neighborhoods, 15 homes, I think being open there in Biltmore Lake. This is hopefully the first of many to come, right? Although I, I'm guessing some of our organizers are saying, please, God, <laughs> no, let's get through the first <laughs> ones." <laughs>
2: This is so well done. I've been very impressed with the leadership here. I mean, really impressed. So it's exciting.
0: The ringleader, my my colleague and partner in crime, Louise Glickman, she's not gonna, you're not gonna see her flinch. I mean, she is a force of nature and she's gonna make this happen one way or another. Yeah. And I just love that yes. about her. We're so Excellent. she makes us Let's all better. Yes, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Well, I'll one tell thing you that what my
2: mother and I were talking about recently, which is there's something about as an artist, to be able to share your artwork and get response back from an audience about it, it's just so helpful. Mm -hmm. So not only is this going to be good for those that are able to walk through, I think it's going to be good for the artists as well. It sharpens our skill to be able to explain to people what we do. Mm-hmm. Yes. But it also is great to hear feedback and hear what kinds of questions people have about the work. It's going to be beneficial all around. I think so. So, win win.
0: So, from a nuts and bolts perspective, let's unpack how you guys are preparing and what people can expect specifically when they come to your particular location to see your guys' artwork. So as you've thought about how you're going to display and show and the experience you're trying to create for people coming through, Molly, what is your vision and what do you plan to create? What paintings are you showing? How are you displaying? Like, what is the experience and the vibe that you're trying to create there for, for folks?
2: Well, I think for both of us, we love how our paintings can look in a home. I know that sounds like a funny thing because when you're in art school, you're taught not to paint for over the couch. We definitely don't only think about what it looks like in a home, but there's something fun about thinking of the artwork in someone's home and elevating the home somehow. So we're going to hang the artwork in my house and therefore you'll see vignettes of artwork hanging in house. Thankfully, we also have another artist, Tanya Franklin, and she does Stained glass, but it's not 2D wall art. It's sculptures. So we'll have... They're great too. They're They're beautiful and very unique. So we'll have my mother's thick animals and landscapes and interior paintings and maybe on easels and some hanging on the wall. We'll have some of my larger pieces, Tanya's sculptures. And then we'll also bring in prints and note cards that'll be easy to pick up. We've got some family help from me. I've got teenage boys who might be helping direct some traffic and help people park. <laughs> and then I found out that my uh, son's girlfriend, who is very bright, she's going to come and help us with writing up sales and taking money and stuff like that. <laughs> so we'll make a whole. We'll make a whole. It's a family uh, family affair. affair, and they're neighbors too. So that's kind of fun.
0: So there's a lot there. Let's unpack it. I'm putting first things first, a shoe or no shoe policy. Are, are we expecting oh, yeah. people to take the shoes off before they come in the house? Okay. Are we giving them the Are we giving them the little the little sleeves oh, no. that real estate agents have? You know, well, at the that's, door. <laughs>
2: that's so funny. I have been to places where they have made me put the little things Boodies. around my feet. It, oh yes, yeah, yeah. so that's so funny. No, we're dog people. We <laughs> have dogs on the furniture. We do not make people take off their shoes for miles. My, my
0: <laughs> That's um, great to hear. Okay, so number 1 people when you're when you're going when you show up at uh, Molly and B's house, uh, leave your shoes on. No problems there. But perhaps even more importantly, do we have enough wine and cheese planned because oh, people are going to you to want, <laughs> want their we actually discussed
2: that at our last meeting because it gets tricky when it's a neighborhood event because yeah. there's interesting things like liability and I don't know. So, and we don't necessarily want everyone hanging out at one home. So there will be food, but it'll be down at the clubhouse. Nice. We might have little snacks or water available right. at each of the homes, but it's not a big charcuterie right. boards and wine and yeah. cheese and that sort of thing.
0: No, that's really smart. I, I To have that central location offsite, versus in the home that that's a really smart i could see how you guys really thought that through because you know it's like my gosh i mean if if one house has wine and the other house doesn't i'm guessing (laughs) (laughs) the the, the wino house is gonna have more people that's really smart and the little water keep people hydrated little little snack i mean that because it's about the art at the end of the day right you want people to be engaging around the art and learning about your art and i think that's just a phenomenal thing so how many pieces in total, B, are you gonna are you gonna hang for for Bliss?
3: Well, I'm waiting for Molly to tell me. <laughs> she is a fast painter, <laughs> but she also
2: sells her things so quick. So we who knows in three weeks what she'll even have
3: available? So it's a little hard to tell. But but you know, it's very interesting. Molly and I have had shows together in different towns and different places, and you would never think that our art. Would go together or whatever. They work each other. Yeah, it's very interesting, isn't it? I was shocked. I know. To see
2: I that. actually think I think this is going to look great. The three artists together. But my pieces are sort of quiet, and then you have hers, and it has a lot of energy. And then like you know, you pause, and you have one of mine. So it's kind of interesting. And our colors seem to work well together. And yeah, yeah it's fun. It's fun to show together. Yeah, it is fun.
0: Fantastic. So uh, Molly, when are you going to tell B how many pieces? I mean, like she's (laughs) going
2: to get busy. Now, quite honestly, this is true. As a creative, I am not that planned in terms of, okay, we're going to have to have six pieces, eight pieces. We're going to bring what we can, make it look gorgeous. I don't know. I'm a little bit by the seat of her pants kind of person when it comes
3: to that kind of thing. I'll tell you one thing though. But I know that we were gonna make it fabulous. So oh, Molly is more of an interior decorator than anybody I've ever seen. She makes things look gorgeous. So whenever people come to your house, they're gonna see it's gonna look Perfect. I, I mean, don't know. Yes, it is. I don't know. Don't know too what. high.
2: It might I don't <laughs> want anybody to have, <laughs> no, expensive, expensive. Hey, hey. I have expectations. <laughs> I have a tiny, tiny little house. It's wonderful.
0: <laughs> no pressure there, huh, Molly? That's uh, the that, I know. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so so you know, we've been saying this. There's a word we've been saying a lot, the A word that's probably scaring some people out there because the A word might connote expensive. Yeah, so so the A word is art. And we've been saying the word art a lot, and a lot of times when people say the word art, they start thinking about, oh my goodness, uh, it must be expensive. Can I afford said art? Because of course art has this reputation for being kind of exclusive and maybe expensive. And yet I think those of us who have been around the block a few times in the old arts district, we know that probably the majority of art available out there is priced under $5,000 easily. And so the pieces you're showing in terms of price point, what can people expect in terms of of price point and what they can afford?
2: Well, I'm glad you asked that. And it kind of takes me back to our history as mother-daughter. We used to have a garden shop, antique store, flower shop in Biltmore Village. It's called the Gardener's Cottage. It's still open. We've sold it to the fabulous owner, Libby. We have a background in retail, and so one thing that I try to have for our studio that is open all the time is different price points. So we'll right. have note cards that are $4 up to paintings that might be 4000 But big price range. Yeah, a big price range. And for us, we are funny. I mean, not the best business people, because <laughs> as artists who paint from our heart, the feedback and the appreciation of it matters to us more than a sale of a painting. And I'm it. the sales are great and necessary to continue on. But I don't know that feedback and the excitement about it. It means as much
3: as a sale for sure. It really so. does. Molly's exactly right. It's wonderful for the artists to be able to talk to the people that come in and to meet them and talk about their art and just be with them. It's fun. It's great. So my mother, having
2: a background as a teacher, and she still teaches some, is a natural encourager. And so when people come in and want to talk about what they do, they often will bring out their phone and show them what Mm -hmm. they do. And she's just so good about encouraging them. So they get in conversations about that. For me, I have Bible verses that are attached to a lot of my paintings. They all have a title that therefore is related to a passage from Scripture And so that's fun for me to talk to people about the scripture. If they're coming from a biblical point of view, then they might be excited about that too and want to talk about it. So it's fun to see where our conversations go. We never know, really. Each weekend, we have open studios to the public. So it'll be interesting to have neighbors coming through and people coming through that are different than the folks that are coming through the River Arts District. But it'll be fun to... able to talk with them and see where our conversations lead
0: yeah well i want to make sure that we clarify that for those folks who may or may not for whatever reason be able to make it to bliss that you guys typically hang your hat in the river arts district so you've got you know your studios there in the rad if you will talk a little bit about your studios there and how people can find you as well there if they happen to miss you at bliss
2: right we are at the Wedge Studios in the River Arts District of Asheville. We're on the second floor. It's 129 Roberts Street. Right now, our street is being chewed up because <laughs> they are have major construction on one side. So it's become one way. But we do have a big dirt parking lot behind the building. So there's plenty of parking. It's just a little bit of a wobble to get up to the main entrance. But on Saturdays, the parking across the street is open and There's plenty of parking. There's trolleys that go around the River Arts District, which is really fun every second Saturday of the month. So that's fun. You can take a trolley and go to all the different buildings because we have 250 artists, something like that. So it's fun to be able to go from building to building and meet the artists.
0: So but your guys' studios are, are kind of next to each other, right?
3: We are. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. Right. But, B, are you allowed in Molly's studio? Because, I mean, you know, you're going to make a mess. That's
3: such a good question. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I sat down in one of her white chairs the other day. And,
0: (laughs) well, not white anymore. Is that the point?
3: (laughs) Oh, Lord. And then she texted me a picture of the chair with paint on it. You did that. I get nervous
2: when she walks into my studio. I have paint (laughs) everywhere, and it's all wet. Her car has paint all over it.
0: Who is the Charlie Brown, Brown character, Pigpen? It
3: just oh, yes. Made... <laughs> oh, yeah. Pigpen. Yeah, that's me. I have a friend that calls me that. Yes. <laughs> she gets called Pigpen. <laughs> oh, so embarrassing. Oh,
0: God. Oh, my gosh. I try,
3: to, I try to tiptoe when I go into her studio.
2: I think it's funny. People come to her studio. You have to make sure you're not wearing anything too nice because you'll probably end up with a little bit of paint on you. After you go to her studio. And I like to hug people. So like She'll pat, pat you on the shoulder and you'll have a nice little smudge on, <laughs> of paint on the back of your shoulder.
0: So. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs>
2: oh,
0: that's amazing. Oh, so good. So good. Well, I tell you what. So bliss is such a cool thing that you guys are involved in. But it means a lot. I mean, this is sort of the first one, hopefully, of many to come, right? I I don't know if it's going to be an annual event, but we certainly want it to be and are working towards setting it up so that it can be replicated year over year. Certainly that first one is the hardest one, right? Because you're breaking the trail, doing something brand new, which is very challenging. But this is huge for Candler and for Anka and that area of Western North Carolina. Why is this important? Why does this matter? Why should anyone care that uh, this is happening in Canler?
3: Well, it shows there's a lot of good art in Candler, yeah. in that area, and that there's really not a place to see it. So now you can go to Biltmore Lake and go to all these homes and see the art that is right there in Candler, in people's homes, and that's exciting. I mean, a lot of people go downtown Asheville and can see art or the River District, but this is different. This is new and fun. So yeah, that's what I
0: well, and bringing culture right out to the broader community and that brings economic development. I mean, you know, artists are drivers of economic development and bringing those tourist, so-called tourist dollars uh, into town as well. That's got to be, a, you know, well, it is a very important thing that art can do, right?
3: That's so true. And it's very personal when you go on a home to home and talk to the artists and see the fabulous art that's out there in that area. It's quite a privilege to be part of it.
0: So you mentioned the food and drink that's happening kind of in the clubhouse area. What other kinds of activities are happening? I understand there might be some gardening demos and and other things happening out there at the, at the club. What can people expect?
2: Oh, Louise, you might have to fill me in. I, <laughs> I don't want to say the wrong thing. It's not that I don't know these things. I just don't want to say the wrong thing.
0: I understand there's gonna be food trucks and all kinds of community tents and people sharing their businesses, sharing their stories, doing things like gardening demos. I mean, all of this is just driving that economic development, driving that beautification and growing. I
2: that there's an exhibition of quilts that will be hanging on homes that are painted on wood. They're the like the barn quilt type. And there's a map for that as well. That's a part of it where you drive and you can see those. That's exciting. And I mean, I feel like there are so many people who have creativity and are expressing it and doing things with it. And they don't always have an opportunity to share that with other people. So I just think this is exciting. I mean, the fact that we can go and see people. Where they create, what they are doing, some things that may not have been seen by other people before, what's inspiring them. A lot of times the beauty that's around us in Asheville is very inspiring. So that will have a common thread because we live here. It's going to be wonderful.
0: Well, so all the organizations that are involved, I mean, I know there's an organization that you guys are are quite fond of and involved in the organization of Open Doors. Are they involved at all on any level? Tell us about Open Doors.
2: Open Doors is a nonprofit here in Asheville that was started by a mom who was starting to notice some inequality in how some children are advocated for by their parents who are able to be involved and others were missing out. And it was not the fault of the child in particular or even their ability, but just they needed someone to be looking out for them, to advocate for them, to have the resources, and they needed extra support. And so she started a nonprofit called Open Doors. They do so much for these students, offering tutoring and advocating for them, finding out about scholarships and what opportunities are available for them at schools around town, whether it's what's the right fit for them, looking on to college and helping them apply to college. I'm probably just scratching the surface of all that they do, but I love being a part of it. It's just an excellent nonprofit. They love the arts. They have had an art event, an auction every year for the past, oh gosh, (laughs) I wish that I knew the right number, but 10 or so, 15, but it's called the Art Affair and they bring in some of Asheville's elite artists and auction off a painting from each of those artists and they raise a lot of money for this nonprofit but it's wonderful to see how they are supporting the community and involving the arts as well so
0: fantastic well that's great so how did you so so an organization like open doors must resonate on a certain level because Molly you had an advocate in B right that's right yes your situation as a adopted child could have been very different if you had been adopted by somebody else, or not adopted, or what have you, right? So you know, B was in your corner advocating, and as a, as not just as as your adoptive parent, but as your loving, caring. God-fearing parent. And so many children don't have that, right? So organizations like open doors are so important in terms of doing that. And you know, all these organizations resonate with us for very important personal reasons. And and our backgrounds are part and parcel, right, to who we are today as people. As artists with very different styles, and you look back on your life, what are the things that you're most
3: grateful for? Oh, man. I'm most grateful for Molly. (laughs) Period. And my son, George, who is also adopted. But Molly is just a light in my life. It's amazing. So respect her as a human being and as an artist, but mostly just because who she is. I admire her. I think she's great. (laughs) I'm going to grow up and be just like her. Oh my goodness!
0: (laughs) (laughs) goodness. Who taught who floral design? Like, how did the how did the whole art of flowers come to be?
3: Well, that's a long story. I'll try to. I grew up in a small town called Tarboro, North Carolina. It's in eastern North Carolina, and all the ladies did flowers. It was never thought of as anything weird or great or spectacular, you just did flowers. And when you got married, your mother's friends did your flowers for the wedding. That's just the way it was. When I, we were living in different places, I decided to start a flower business because I didn't like FTD things. Right, And so we called it wildflowers and we would call it wildflowers because we were a little bit wild. And we also liked to pick on the side of the road. So that's how it started. And so for years and years, and Molly would come from home from school and help out. And when she graduated, she helped out. And so that's how, how it
0: went. <laughs> and you sold it. When did you sell How many years did you have it? And when did you sell it?
3: I had had businesses in other towns. But when we moved to Asheville, we opened the gardener's cottage. How long? was it? Ten years. We had it, maybe. I don't do numbers, but she <laughs> we had it a while,
2: and it's a really precious little building. And my mother saw a for rent sign as she drove by it, and she said, "Oh, that has to be a flower shop." <laughs> so, I had a desk job, and I had I was had a good salary, and but it was a bit on the boring side. And she encouraged me, "Please come and help me. Please come and help me." So, I used to do the retail antique and gift side of things and she would do the floral design and i mean back then we they did big weddings and you know just she's just creative she just ha- thinks big and makes it happen
0: i, so. I want to be i gotta admit i want you to take me out dancing i bet you are an incredible dancer
2: oh, I'm terrible i have <laughs> no. No rhythm. i cannot carry a tune and she no dances rhythm. to the beat of her own drum <laughs> that's <Yeah>. that's <laughs>
0: Dances like nobody's watching, right? Which is what is supposed to be the case, you know. Oh,
2: That's hilarious.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. Well, be—I mean, you just—you know—you're just such a fascinating, beautiful, lovely human, and uh, oh, you know, dear. and and it, and it exudes and personifies itself, obviously, in Molly and and in your artwork and everything that you do. And somehow you've lo- you've fallen in love with cows. I mean, what is your obsession with cows? I mean, we got to know. <laughs>
3: I grew like I said, grew up in a small town and behind my house, our house was a big pasture and it had cows and it was um, a dairy farm down the road. And so the cows became my very best friends. If I saw old Goldie, that's the name of one of them, lying down in the field, I would say, oh goody. And I'd run over and lie down underneath the barbed wire fence, go and lie down right next to old Goldie. So, cows were my first friends.
0: <laughs> so I love them. Oh man. I could just see it how beautiful that must have been.
3: It was great and they it was fun.
2: I love that story cuz I really think her cow paintings are some of her best. I mean, she paints a lot of a lot of different things, but her cow paintings, there's something about her cows. You just want to go up and like Touch on their faces. You can almost feel that they have little soft noses. And I mean you just want to kiss them on the I know. You just want to kiss them. Her paintings (laughs) of cows is (laughs) so (laughs) cute.
0: Isn't that great? We're all shaped by our environment, our journey. We really are. And for those of us who are trying to tell stories, it's gotta come out. You know, it's just it's in us and it's gotta come out. (laughs)
3: That's (laughs) That's right. That's exactly right.
0: That is it. Well, I tell you what, I want to be respectful of your time. And we've been chatting for a while. I I know that there's lots to do. We got bliss to get ready for a lot of hard work yet to do as we ramp up here. But I'm just so grateful that you guys were able to come back on and share your story with us again. Take two for our listeners. It's just such a gift to be able to hear from you guys and be inspired, not just by your art, But by your humanity and your personal story, because it's absolutely just a lovely story that you guys have. And so thank you for coming on, Artsville.
2: Thank you you for having us. Thank you.
0: By the way, I mean, this is a space for us to come and not just celebrate the incredible art and artists that uh, Western North Carolina has, but it also very specifically is a place where we can, you know, celebrate our mutual love for Asheville. Specifically, we always like to ask our guests before they leave, in their opinion, like, what do you think made Asheville Artsville?
2: The beauty of this location, I, I think, has drawn artists for... I agree. We have a long history of artists in Asheville and creatives in general. Black Mountain College. Black Mountain, Mountain College of Art is one of the big ones where artists from New York <laughs> would come here and have retreats and discuss and plan. And But nowadays, gosh, I mean, the River Arts District is incredible. Downtown is so creative. The beauty mm-hmm. that's surrounding us. It's the
3: beauty of the mountains, I think, that draws okay. people here. Yeah. It's nothing like it. It's gorgeous.
0: You see it, you fall in love. Yeah. It's
3: yeah. Like and if you're an mountain. artist, right,
0: if you're a visual person, I mean, like, it's, it's intoxicating, isn't it?
2: That's, that's true. true.
3: Yes. And it's different every day, the way the mountains look.
2: There's no, you do not get tired of it. There's, you just. <laughs> Yeah, you don't. You just don't get tired. It's just different all the time, and yeah, it's very beautiful, just beautiful.
0: Well, I got to move out there because I'm tired of the highways and byways of Los Angeles. I'll tell you that. (laughs) You
2: You might run into some traffic here too.
0: (laughs) Oh yes, yeah. I don't care where where I travel anymore. It feels like there's uh, congestion going on. But we've got some positive energy here, Molly B. Thank you so much for coming through and sharing your your story and your journey with us. And let's remind everybody, guys, you gotta come out to Bliss, Biltmore Lake's imaginative studio stroll, May 6th from 11 to five. There's going to be just so much going on there with 25 artists in seven neighborhoods, 15 homes in Biltmore Lake, and lots of demos and exhibits back at the clubhouse. Just a lot going on. Unfortunately, I'm gonna have to be there in spirit only but I will haunt you guys. So look out Uh, here I come. Oh, good. Thanks so much for coming through guys. Have a beautiful afternoon. We'll sign off for now. Thanks for coming.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for listening to the Artsville podcast. Please make sure to like this episode, write a review and share it with your friends on social. Also remember to subscribe so you get all of our new episodes. Artsville is produced by Crew West Studios in Los Angeles in partnership with Sand Hill Artist Collective in Asheville, North Carolina. Our theme music was created by Dan Ubik and his team at Danube Productions. Artsville is edited by We Edit Podcast and hosted by Captivate. Thanks again for listening to Artsville. We'll be back soon with another inspiring episode celebrating American contemporary arts and crafts from Asheville and beyond. Artsville, Artsville, the happening town where art abounds. Artsville, Artsville, from Asheville town where art abounds. Artsville, Artsville, feeling mountain high and inspired in North Carolina. That's where you'll find us, amazing artists and designers. I